0: And let us pray. Lord, I pray that you will take these human words and use them to bring us ever closer to your divine truth. Amen. My talk this morning is entitled Fearless Peace. My earlier example gave a sea-related example of peaceless fear. Fear. And in some ways, peace and fear are simply opposites. So talking about fearless peace could be seen as being tautologous. But let me try another example. Despite my advancing years, I can still remember the day that I took my first driving test. It was late in January 1968, My first first scheduled test was going to be in December, less than six months after my uh, 17th birthday, but it was canceled because of snow. I was anxious and not particularly confident. My two older brothers had already passed their tests, seemingly with no difficulty whatsoever. Early on in the test, The driving instructor did the normal slap the dashboard and I had to do an emergency stop and I was convinced it was awful. So convinced it was awful, I knew I had failed. So the curious thing is I was no longer afraid of failing because failure was a reality. And this fearless peace came over me and I think because of that my driving was better and I think the examiner thought that too and I passed. I probably wasn't the only one who was surprised. But not all peace is fearless. I truly thank the Lord that the missiles and rockets that have been flung across the Israel-Palestine borders recently have ceased. And that is peace, but it's not a fearless peace. Many on both sides of that border live with fear and anxiety. And I think that sense of fear and anxiety brings us nicely to our reading from Mark I've never been to Lake Galilee, but I'm told it is prone to sudden and forceful squalls. Part of that is due to the topology around the lake. So the hills to the northeast of the lake funnel the wind at ever-increasing speeds until it gets to uh, sea level, and then the winds can be very ferocious. So it's quite understandable that the disciples actually had a real shiver of fear sent through them as they were about to be uh, tipped into the water. And as we read this story from Mark, we understand, I think, a little of what Christ can bring to us. to voyage with Jesus anywhere and not just across Lake Galilee in a storm is to journey in peace. And this is where the sense of fearless peace comes from. That's not my phrase. It's a phrase coined by Professor William Barclay. A reading from Corinthians in, in the NIV is entitled Paul's hardships. But I quite like William Barclay's title which is a blizzard of troubles. The five things of note that I want to point out in this reading and the first comes right at the beginning of the reading. We're told not to put a stumbling block in front of anyone. And this was one of the reasons that the temperance movement, for example, called for abstinence. Abstinence from alcohol. Even if you can uh, handle your alcohol, the abstinence prevents showing a wrong example to those who can't. In verse 4, Paul tells us that Christians commend themselves in great endurance. I'm not going to embarrass myself by trying to pronounce the Greek word, but the Greek word here does not indicate a pathetic resignation to life's hardships, but more of a celebration of the way people are transformed by their endurance. A bit like when Tim and Simon undertook the London Revolution, which is a two-day ride, which they did in one day. Close on 200 miles, was it? Yeah, they're both nodding. 200 miles on a bike without electric power in one day. That's endurance. Thirdly, Paul gives us his lists. And the first one comes in Trinitarian style. And I think that was more the reason why there are nine items, not that Paul had lost a finger somewhere in his battles So we get three groups of three things that are listed. Troubles, hardships, and distress. Beatings, imprisonments, and riots. Hard work, sleepless nights, and hunger. His next list of nine is a God-given list of the equipment needed to survive Christian life. Purity, understanding, and patience. Kindness, the Holy Spirit, sincere love. Truthful speech, the power of God, and the weapons of righteousness. I find it interesting that Paul, when talking about the weapons of righteousness, talk about them in the right hand and left hand, which which I think is particularly interesting in the sense that if you were fighting in those days, You'd have your sword in your right hand, which was for attack, and you'd have your shield in your left hand, which was for defense. So we're told about the love of God being the defense and attack. My final point, and this happens in a number of parts in the New Testament, is Paul's reference to children in the final verse. I speak... As to my children. Now, to a modern ear, and mine included, this has a tinge of insult about it. Is Paul saying that his fellow disciples are immature and foolish? Now, I don't think Paul is trying to be offensive, but I do think. There is a strong link between the way that children have a almost absolute trust in their parents, well that is until they can understand the difference between love and competence and the fearless peace that's brought about by absolute trust in God. So let me try and pull these threads together. Peace today seems more and more difficult to find. Fortunately, in this country, we don't suffer from the imminent threat of missiles, unlike quite a number of people around the world. And we do earnestly pray that they will find fearless peace. But freedom from war does not mean freedom from depression, anxiety, and stress. And that does burden many people today. A current survey of people in Europe shows that a quarter of us have or are suffering from anxiety. Anxiety as a psychological disorder, not simply worrying about stuff. And a third of us have suffered stress and a third of us have or are suffering depression. So if that includes you, you're not odd, you're not alone and you're not useless. It's normal. That's what life is like today. No one in our government has a silver bullet to relieve us from money, housing, health, self-image, or family worries. But this is where childlike, not childish, childlike trust in God can bring fearless peace. Let me, if I may, finish with another personal example. Some of you may remember that my first wife, Judith, suffered from from ME or Chronic Fatigue Syndrome for about a decade. This prevented her from doing lots of things that she wanted. And this caused, for her and me, and the children, a great deal of frustration, stress and anxiety. However, in the weeks leading up to her death, She became filled with peace, a fearless peace, born out of trust in and love for God. And I had not seen her at peace like that for a long time. And this was a gift from God, an answer to prayer, not the answer most of us wanted, but a great answer nonetheless fearless peace let us pray lord i hope and pray that we can live up to these challenges to bring peace to your people and that you will bring peace to us also amen